morning. It's Wednesday. It's time for Animal Central again with me, Sharon Dale, and my co-host, Jonathan Sinclair. Good morning, Sharon. Who is wearing his pack leader t-shirt today. Yes, I took the Love opportunity it. today. I opened my cupboard and I thought, <laughs> what would make Sharon proud of me? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm so proud of pack, pack leaders leader. we are. Yeah, Definitely. my colleagues are not used to seeing me in a t-shirt, so everyone's like... Like a bit shocked this morning. Oh, thanks, thanks for wearing it. We got an awesome show today. Yes, one of my favorite people at Cliff Central is going to yes. be on with us. Our yes. celebrity feature, Damon, Damon Calvary. <laughs> now we were actually going to bring them in after we introduced the show, but then Damon stormed into yeah, the studio we're here, we're as if here. this is keeping up with the Calvary. I just thought I was being professional. Sorry. <laughs> and on top of that, we've got Francois from Keystone Schnauzers. Yes. He's going to talk to us about what he does. And, you know, many times on the show we've spoken about how don't buy from puppy mills. Don't buy puppies from pet stores. Go to a reputable breeder. So we're going to find out from Francois what exactly is a reputable breeder and mm. what to look out for. And chances are if you buy from a pet shop, it is coming from a puppy uh, mill. Eh? Well, can I, can I give you an example of how you know the red lights will do the alert? Yeah. I phoned a breeder once. She was she advertised in one of the reputable magazines. Yes. Phoned her and she... Didn't ask me any questions, didn't bother to ask me where I live, nothing. I'll, uh, meet me in two hours at some shopping center, oh, I'll have a puppy for oh, you. Oh, that sounds dodgy. I knew straight away this is dodgy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she could have a puppy straight away. Yeah. No, that's a now, puppy straight, Now, why can't people realize that this is dodgy? Most mm. people, most people in the public, they think this is, this is perfectly normal. Francois, yeah. you agree, eh? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, because at, at the end of the day, Normally, a reputable breeder will have a waiting list yes. because they are known to breed good doggies. And at the end of the day, a good breeder's goal is not necessarily to just breed puppies to fill a demand. A good breeder has got a certain goal in breeding, and the end goal is never money, but mm. they do it for the love yes. and the enjoyment yes. of that. So if you can't find a breeder that really loves breeding puppies, mm, mm. that enjoy raising them next to their bed. Yes. You've possibly not found a good breeder. No, exactly. Now, before people can find, we all want a great dog, don't we? We want that special something mm, in life mm. that's going to really enhance our family life and that we can have a wonderful interaction with. But if you're not going to look for a good breeder, you're not going to find necessarily a good puppy. Whereas a lot of people start looking for a good puppy but they never, ever look for a good breeder. Mm. Yes. And in any breed in our country, there's more than likely only about four or five breeders worth breeding that or, or worth buying from. And yes, yes you that want to from, the, from any breed. Any breed. From right. any breed. Mm -hmm. That actually put their heart, their soul, and the money, not the money they make from their dogs, but the money they make at work to put into their dogs. Yes. So it doesn't mean that a person shouldn't be making money from from breeding dogs, but it means that there's a certain way in going about it. Yes. Because nobody has got a problem with a cattle farmer that breeds responsibly and breeds the best cattle mm. in the world. Mm. But we all have a problem with a cattle farmer doing it all wrong, not looking after their cattle yes. and so forth. So the breeding of dogs, unfortunately, a lot of people have got a very negative view with regards to breeders with very good reason. But you should value a good dog breeder. Mm. Because they are the ones that take the breed forward, that breed for wonderful temperaments, yes. and that breeds for to a beautiful... To improve the breed and Absol to adhere to the breed standard. Absolutely, because if that breeder is not going to follow the breed standard, you're going to have like a miniature schnauzer ending up looking like a bulldog. Right. And is right. that what we want? 
Mm. So you also have a lot of puppy farmers and puppy mills. They, send, they sell these designer dogs. In other words, they would um, crossbreed a schnauzer with a poodle, and then you get a schnoodle. Oh, and goodness. then they sell them at twice the price. Now, in our minds, logically, will we take a top-quality racehorse of $20 million and go and breed that, crossbreed that to a shire? What will you get? Mm-hmm. You'll neither get a shire, and you'll neither get a, a proper thoroughbred dog. A thoroughbred horse for that matter And actually all that you get Is you're getting a mongrel And nobody in the world will spend money On that type of horse Sure. But people have noticed That there's an angle sometimes In selling what they want to sell In making money And therefore a crossbreed is never really Of superior value Than a well-bred dog at the end of the day doesn't necessarily improve the health of the dog, doesn't necessarily improve the longevity of that dog either. It just means that somebody is taking an angle to go and sell you something mm. which is actually yeah. financially worth it. And it's, it's money-making. It's yeah. a money-making thing. I mean, I must interject and just tell our listeners that we also have Damon's holding oh, in his arms, cuddling, and Francois got one on his lap. Two mm, teeny-weeny, what are they, nine-week-old schnauzer we must, puppies? We must take photos and tweet them, hey? They yes, are adorable. Uh, we have tweeted out that okay. one that you took. So Very there good. is a pic of Damon with the two schnauzers in his yeah, hand. <laughs> they are just <laughs> adorable. I mean, I want to take them home right no, now. But, beautiful. you know, this is the thing. Um, Francois, we've we found, you know, in, in doing our magazine Canine Zone, there's a lot of people out there saying, adopt, don't shop, which is against the pet stores. Because yeah. would you agree that if a puppy's in a pet store, the it's red definitely yeah, the from red a puppy should be, mill? Should be you would never sell your puppies in a pet store, would no, you? No, I would never, ever do that. Every single puppy that I've ever bred in a 250-kilometer radius from my house, mm. I've gone to deliver personally. Mm. Because that... That gives me the opportunity to um, integrate that puppy into the household to look for problems. Like, for instance, um, one time I went to one of the embassies. They've got one of my doggies. And I went there and I inspected the property before the doggy could go there. And they had um, an open main hole. Oi. Now, we don't think, uh, as a new puppy owner, we don't think about the fact that a puppy can fall in there. Sure. I mean, it's only a six-inch opening, mm. but the puppy can fall in there and be gone. Or the, 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 it can go under the electric fence or something like that. Yes. So they had to secure the perimeter in the property before they could get their puppy two weeks later. So the moral of the story is not always to inspect the house as to where the doggy is going, but to teach the people on, and showing them how does this doggy get out of the pool when it falls in. Yes. Because I've got people phoning me saying my, my puppy drown, or my dog drowned in the pool last night. And then I'd say to them, why? No, it fell in. I'd say, yeah, but why did it drown? And now it drowned ah. because it fell in. No, no, that's not the reason. It drowned because you did not teach it to get mm. out of the pool. Yes. So if yes. you can't teach the dog to get out of the pool, you shouldn't have a dog. Or secure your pool. Secure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, mistakes mm. do happen. You've got children. You've got servants. Mm. You've got friends. You've got visitors coming over. So a person does need to be balanced about these things. But in the end of the day, if you've got a doggy for 10 years and your pool is not secure and it falls in and drowns, it's your mistake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we, And those are the things that I go around and explain to so people. So do you do a home check first? Yeah, but it's not necessarily to approve of the person because normally when a person phones me or writes me, yes. within the first 30 seconds, I can hear if this is going to be a good owner or not. Okay. Because it's a certain, you can pick it up in people, um, whether this is going to be an animal lover or a dog lover for that matter, whether these people 
should be worthy of having a puppy. And there's lots of people finding me, asking me for a dog, and they will never get a dog from me. It's nothing personal, but it's my responsibility that I have bred this doggy. Mm. It's my responsibility for the next 20 years to ensure that this puppy is going to have a glorious life. Mm. So what's a red flag for you? Someone phones you up for a puppy. How much is the dog? Okay, Mm. so... First, First thing, question. how much? First right. question, if they're interested. Now, I do know that we all have budgets to deal with. And also, um, if people are not interested in how the doggy is bred or how the doggy is raised. Now, I mean, I catch my bab- babies in my bedroom next to my bed. Oh. That's where I catch them. And that's where I raise them till they're four weeks old. Oh, right. And then only at the age of four weeks do they go out onto the lawn because that is where they learn how to start off life correctly. Yes. I can see with these two little ones, they're so calm. They're well behaved. Eh? So well at nine weeks old. They're just in heaven. Like, look at that one in Damon's <laughs> oh, arms. It's, it's like just gaga. Just getting its yeah. belly scratched. And <laughs> yeah, and that, oh, you can see his, uh, Damon's got a uh, little Adam on his back now. And he's enjoying that. Now, if a puppy is not well-raised and well-handled from day one, Mm -hmm. you would not really be able to do that um, with a puppy that is well-socialized. I mean, I take them out from four weeks old. I would put them in my van, and off we go to the shop, and we go and buy milk, and we go back ten minutes later. How many breeding pairs do you have? Do you have one breeding pair? You don't really have pairs. You you would have a couple of bitches, and then obviously you will have the males as well. Unfortunately, sometimes being a responsible breeder or a breeder aiming to take the breed forward, you will have more dogs ideally than what you want to. And unfortunately, I'm at that point in, in mm. time where I have more dogs than I would How many do you have? Well, I've got about 20. Oh, but it's not that many. But the moral of the story is that I would have liked having less because then I can give more attention to them. But trust me, contrary to popular belief, you don't need to entertain a dog 20 hours a day in order for a mm. doggy to be mm. happy. Dogs are like kids. They entertain themselves and they look after themselves if they've been bred well, raised well, and nurtured well. So when you look for a puppy or a breed for that matter, it's about nature and nurture. If the nature is there to start off with, in other words, if the dog is well-bred, if the breeders before him and the hundreds of breeders before me over the last hundred years have put all the effort in in raising a nice, genetically well-balanced doggy, I can nurture that nature into mm, something mm. truly astounding. And our aims in breeding doggies and raising them should, to, should be to have the most well-balanced schnauzer yes. or the most well-balanced bulldog out there. Right. You cannot turn a schnauzer into a bulldog or you cannot turn a schnauzer into a cat. It will have an identity crisis. Right. Mm. So whatever I say to people at the end of the day is focus on balance. What is going to make this dog awesome? What is going to make this dog spectacular? And none of us want a doggy that is disobedient. So don't raise the dog to be disobedient. Mm. What you allow, you're going to encourage. If you allow your doggy from day one to bark in your house, What's it going it's to going do? It's going to bark. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I say to people, be prepared the first time out there. If that doggy barks, distract it. Say to your doggy, no, Adam, come here. Let's go over there. I don't like barking. Your body language should also be an integral part yes. of raising yes. this puppy into something special. Yes. But tell me, Francois, let's go back. Where did this begin? Why schnauzers? <laughs> With, <laughs> by mistake, um, my aunt came to visit me about... 10, 12 years ago, and she had a miniature schnauzer, 
But it wasn't a very well-groomed miniature schnauzer mm-hmm. at that point in time, I thought, you know. But I was staying in Edenvale, like in the main road, and Brachy stopped. Her name is Brachy, so she stopped in front of my house. And she opened the door and Shandy jumped out. I said, no, 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 you can't let this dog jump out. The cars will kill it, you know. Oh. She said, no, Shandy, stay on the pavement, just like that. And Shandy stayed on the pavement. I thought, wow, this is weird. She must have been spending hours training mm. this dog, you see. But I thought, oh, I don't know where Brachy got you, but you look like a little mongrel. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> she saved because Brachy saves everything. She's got a chicken sleeping on her pillow and a rabbit in a garden. and oh. That's Brachy. That's my aunt, you see. So in the house we go, and Brachy says, now watch Shandy. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm watching Shandy. And Shandy would go in the house, and then she'll start walking around the perimeter of the room. And Brachy will open the cupboard, and in Shandy will go into the room, yes. into the cupboard, and she'll look in the cupboard. And Brachy will close the cupboard and off they move to another cupboard. And I said, Brachy, what are they doing now? Yes. She said, no, she's looking for rats. Because, oh. because it's actually a ratter breed or a breed that's been bred to exterminate vermin on ships so? and in houses. So and that was their origin. So that's the, why the where they originated. Yes. Yeah. 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 But they are so multifaceted breed that you can, they're actually in the utility group for showing in South Africa because they are just so well-rounded. They're so mm. spectacular. They've got these amazing personalities. I was going to ask that. What is their temperament? I mean, if you say you nurture them to what, how you want them to be, but how are they just their basic? Okay, they're very intelligent, very alert doggies, very interactive. Mm. They love companions. Um, in mm. some of the overseas countries, they're actually used in dealing, uh, in treating handicapped people. They're one of the very few breeds that if you research on the web, you find that they have a five-star breed rating for personality, character, temperament. Mm. They're non-shedding, so they're hyper, uh, oh, hyperallergenic really? as well. That's interesting. And mm. just their temperaments. They love to please, whereas some of the other dogs have a more hard-headed streak mm. in them. Yes, stubbornness. Yeah. No, they yes. have awesome. I'm, I'm sure, Damon, you can uh, vouch for Oh. That. No, they're just, they're just amazing. They just got everything that you want in a dog. Yeah. Yes. Because they are very intelligent. Yeah. They've got a good temperament. They're good watchdogs. They've got excellent hearing. Yeah. So if, if my dog suddenly barks like really in a, if I found the tone, I know something's going something's on. Something's on. Yeah, it's not just a normal dog. Cause that's yeah. why we got you here. You've yeah. got three. Yes. All from Francois. Yes. Okay. So, so it, there's a certain tone in the bark that I know, oh, something is wrong. And but and also they you can cuddle them. Yes. They they're the right size, so when they, they you can sleep in in your bed with them, and they don't take up too much space. <laughs> this How is just they? too adorable. If you, if you the cuddle them, they're not one of these dogs that if you stop cuddling them, they're going to nag you forever. Oh, okay. oh right. So yes. they will nag they you a little bit. Mm. They will give you a bit of paw, and they will want slightly yes. more. So you give them a bit more, but eventually you'll say no enough, and they will. They won't so go they're mad. very balanced. In other words, they're not love addicts. Dogs. They're yes. not one of these dogs that are addicts. Mm. Insecure. That you, they, that they're not, yeah, inst- they're mm, not, they're insecure. not insecure. You can leave them alone. But now, Damon, you have a little child at home, hey? How old is Alexa? Is she three or two? Alexa will be three in April. Okay. So Alexa was a baby when these dogs were puppies. And how are they with her? Oh, fantastic. Because toddlers love to pull yeah, hair, pull, pull tails. tails, pull yes, ears. Yes, but that's the thing. Yes. These dogs, I was going to say these dogs are only human, but <laughs> so obviously if Alexa does something really horrible, the dog might snap, but it's a harmless mm. snap. Yes. It's a, they'll never, yes. they've never ever hurt Alexa. Mm-hmm. Like a Rufus, for one male, he can be a bit grumpy. If you stick your, your, your if you pull his tail, he might, <laughs> but it's, it's a completely harmless snap. It's not like he, he's, there's not going to be actual any contact. So how did you end up with three? 
Oh, because they're such amazing dogs. You you get one, you want another one. It's like okay. It's, it's like so a you had one first. So and we got then... Mika. Mika was our black female. We got Mika first, and then after two months or so, we thought, you know what, we need to have another one. Mm. Also, we were living in a block of flats at the time. We had a garden, but we thought, you know what, it would be nice if Mika's got someone to play with yes. when we're not at home. Mm. So then we got Rufus. Okay. And she wouldn't leave Rufus alone. It was amazing because because Rufus was was three months younger th- than her and a lot smaller. And she would she wouldn't leave Rufus alone for a second. It was amazing. Rufus was like her new toy. <laughs> and now and now they keep each other company. And now you've and got num- a third. And, and then we got three? Michelle. Okay, Michelle is actually eight years old. Uh, Francois imported her from South Korea. That's correct. Oh. And what happened was when Mika went to to Francois to get to, to sex camp, we called it sex camp <laughs> to get to get covered. Oh right! You see, Mika's right. quite a spectacular specimen. Yeah. Mm. She, you you said she's the best black female you've come across. Yeah, and especially in South Africa, and she ranks possibly, in my opinion, among some of the better ones in the world. So, wow. wow! And then um, what was nice about Damon when I went and took him Mika. He immediately realized as well that this is a female that demands breeding. In other words, some dogs should never ever yes, be bred. Yes. And only a small segment of a breed of, of dogs that a, a, a good breeder breeds actually goes forward to add to the gene pool. The others mm-hmm. should never add. You never breed a pet. There's four distinct qualities uh, when it comes to breeding. You have a pet, a show dog, a show and breed dog, and then a breeding dog. But Mika was so good, and Damon immediately realized that there's a way for him as well as a family to add to the advancement of the breed by having this female covered um, once or twice or whatever the case is so that we can breed uh, and perpetuate those genes. And then from that, we bred Zorro. And Zorro is, no, Zorro a, is the son. Yeah, oh, okay. and Zorro is a spectacular miniature schnauzer, black Male. boy. Yeah, he's quite something. But now, Francois, so going back, you got into this breed. Did you, mm. Do you show them? Are you very involved in yes. the show just, arena? Just coming back to Brachi, mm. um, this Shandy won me over within half an hour. I was on the web hunting for a spectacular miniature schnauzer. But I couldn't really find anyone in South Africa um, at that point in time that um, had miniature schnauzers. Yes. So I started looking at these overseas websites and about these spectacular minis, and I read up on it. And, and that's how really I got involved in miniature schnauzers. And then um, as to how I started breeding, remember the question, um, by mistake or by chance, mm. Um, what happened is I went to visit somebody in Pretoria and my sister wanted two doggies. My aunt wanted two doggies and I wanted a doggy and a friend of mine wanted a schnauzer as well. So this guy in Pretoria had like um, a litter of six puppies. But um, I didn't really want to go and buy the puppies because when I spoke to him on the phone, I, by that time I went and visited numerous uh, puppy breeders already. Mm. And I really disliked in what I'm, I, I saw there and how they were bred and how they were raised. But he spoke so slow on the telephone that I thought, you know, surely his puppies can't be that good and whatever the case is. In any case, after about a week, I decided to go through. And as I stopped at the front gate, these two doggies, the mother and father, came running up to the front gate. And I immediately decided I'm taking all six. Oh, really? (laughs) That's a big commitment. (laughs) But, I mean, two for my sister. One for me, one for my friend, and two for my aunt. Problem solved. You know, I've been looking now for months, and I couldn't find any proper schnauzers, you know. So I got my checkbook out, and he could only let me have five, you know, in any case. 
So then uh, the next day I phoned my sister and I said, I've got your two doggies. And she said, what, you crazy? I can't. I'm busy moving. I phoned what? my aunt and I said to her, listen, uh, Brachy, I've got you. She said, what? No, 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 I can't. Now I've got my my grandkids oh, here and whatever the case is. And now you're sitting with five puppies. There I'm sitting with five puppies. Mm. Oh. So that's how I actually so got that be, they became yours. And, but yeah, but then um, my my father used to be a cattle breeder of note in in um, Brahman cattle, and I always thought maybe one day I'll breed cattle, you know, because I I like the idea. Mm. But then I started looking at miniature schnauzers, and then I started studying them, their proportions and their temperament. And then I thought, well, this is really something that's really that you've starting. got a passion for. Yeah. How long have you been and doing it, Francois? For about 10 years. 10 years. That's a long time. And then when the first litter was born, that was it. I was hooked. Mm. I got addicted to puppy breath because it smells like oh, old English yes. toffee. Oh, it's the best know? thing in the yeah. world. Old English toffee. You must yes. pick up a puppy when it's a couple of old days English old. Old English coffee with a bit of polony in it. Uh, depending <laughs> what breed, of course. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing better than Because you do get breath. a polony breed that sounds quite a bit like a polony. A polony breath. Yeah. <laughs> Francois, what is the dynamic like in your house with 20 dogs? Okay. I don't have all of them simultaneously in my mm-hmm. house, although they're very well behaved. Often. I have people visiting saying to me, they can never believe that I've got 20 dogs. Okay. I'd say to them, why? So no, you don't hear them barking. Obviously, my doggies are like this. If I drive in the front grate, everyone's greeting me, mm-hmm. and it sounds like real crazy. <laughs> if I turn the ignition <laughs> off, dead silence. Oh, they all really? stop immediately. I don't even have to talk to them. Mm. They stop because they know I don't like them barking. So you're definitely the pack leader, the pack leader. In, your, yes. in your home. But that's what dogs Do you want are. my T-shirt? <laughs> We'll have to get you a T-shirt. We'll have to get you a T-shirt. But at the end of the day, that is what people don't understand when it comes to doggies. Doggies read and don't hear. Doggies read and don't hear. So if you want to explain something to a dog, hoy them a sign. Mm. Give them a sign Mm. that what they're doing is wrong. Your whole body language should say that. And that is why some um, trainers out there are so good mm-hmm. because the doggies read their language mm-hmm. so and it's easily. positive reinforcement of the good Absolutely. behavior. And, and we as humans, we often use the same expression, meaning five or six different things. Okay. Like, like, the, like the word come. Some people would stand in the door and say come, and another time they would, the doggy wants to go out and they say come, 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 no, no, no. Oh, uh, uh, right, so and it's confusion. Yes. Yeah. You have to yes. remember they're not humans. And you've right? got to be consistent. Yeah. Yes. And so, also maybe it's your tone of voice as opposed to what you're saying. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 As long as you're clear to the doggy. And what we forget is that this doggy grows up living to please us. That's all they want to do. Absolutely. And if you explain to them nicely, either by means of your tone of voice or by means of your body language, you will have a spectacular dog. Yes. It's your decision. Yes. It's an open book. When I when I hand people a doggy, I say to them, listen, this is an open book. You decide. What do you want from this puppy? Mm. Mm. Have you decided? If you've not decided, how must the doggy know? Mm. So I say to them, take a pay a blank piece of paper, turn it into four columns. On the one side you write what you like. Yes. On the other side what, what you, you don't want. Yes. And on this one, how am I going to encourage what I'm liking? And here what I'm going to discourage what mm. I dislike. Yes. Yes. And once you have as a family those principles crisp and clear in your mind, then only does the puppy raising start. Because then it becomes so much easier. You don't want the dog on the furniture for the rest of your life? Start from day one. 
don't mm. ever pick up the doggy once. Yes. Yeah. Now, in our case, we want mm. them on the furniture and the bed. Yes. So mm. it's not a problem. So it's up to you. If you want we it. We had a queen-size bed. Yeah. Recently, we especially got a king-size bed. So do the dog yeah. sleep because on the bed with you? We, <laughs> we found it a little bit too squashed up. Yes. So we got a king-size bed. Yes. But Damon, we even I'll got steps for them <laughs> to climb onto on, the bed. Because you want that. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Why did you import a dog who was eight years old? Oh, no, no. What happened was, as Francois will tell you, a good breeder has to import dogs no. from overseas in order to, to improve to the, the genetic to get the So what happened was Michelle was a dog that Francois imported eight years ago. and now first import. So now she's no longer producing, so to speak. Okay. And what happened was when Mika was away, Francois lent us Michelle to keep Rufus company. Because Rufus gets a little bit, he gets a bit depressed. Yes. When he's, <laughs> the, the, one time, the one time Mika went away, and front and, and Rufus She went away to sex camp Yes <laughs> Rufus Rufus p- p- Positioned himself Under the toilet And, and went into And sulked Oh, oh shit Yeah it was quite weird So Michelle joined us uh, While Mika was away She was like As a stand in so Okay And then we called her the, We called we called, we called her The locum dog Okay and, and then we fell in love with her we, she's a spectacular dog and we really, you see, every single schnauzer we've met, they all got different qualities. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Michelle was the most affectionate dog we've ever come across. Mm. She can't get enough love. She's, and she just was just so sweet. So we, we said to Francois, can we keep Michelle? Mm. And he said, okay. Yes, yes. And that was that. So how, how old is she now? Is she's, she? We've only had her for about four or five months. Oh, so she's still, oh, yeah, she's, she's like eight, eight and a half, almost eight and a half. And tell me health. Uh, do they have good health? Do they have genetic issues that can come out? Yes, definitely. Um, esophageal reflux can be a problem. Heart problems um, can come to the fore as well. Pancreatitis is a big problem. And owners often compound that problem uh, with regards to diabetes. Wrong diet. Wrong yes, food. It's, wrong it's all diet. the treats, all the extras yes. people give. And um, eye problems can be a, a, a problem as well. So all my puppies, for instance, at the age of eight weeks go to the animal eye specialist hospital here in Four Ways. And then the eye clinic checks them out and um, put them through a, a rigor test and making sure that those eyes are good. Because at the end of the day, what, what a lot of new or prospective puppy owners don't understand is that they have to do their homework before they get a good doggy. Yes, absolutely. And if the breeder don't put a lot of passion into his breeding program, he's going to hand over possibly a doggy that you've paid for, and that doggy is going to cost you even more down the line. So by having certain um, health checks in place, if, if those health checks are available to your breed, then that breeder should be doing it religiously. Yes. You're paying for it. Yes, I agree. But what happens if a puppy comes back and it does have defects? What do you as a breeder do with it? Well, first of all, you will try and discern what type of, of problem is it. Is it a genetic problem? I've been extremely fortunate that I've never had any genetic mm. problems within my dogs with regards to eyesight. And then obviously, if it's a genetic problem, you will either try and discern, or if it's a possible genetic problem, you might repeat that mating. Mm. To try and see if it's truly a genetic um, issue or whether it's just a random issue. But in 99% of the cases, um, a possibility is often a random one Mm. because uh, you get throwback genes as well. Often a a problem can come to the fore eight generations later in, Mm. in breeding a doggy. So you can be as circumspect as what you want. 
Um, eight generations later, you can have a genetic. But now, what happens to that individual dog that has the defect? Do you go on and sell it, or do you? Well, I've had a puppy that was born about two years ago, and the puppy is still with me, and he had a spot on his one eye, and we were not quite um, comfortable with that spot on his eye. Now that was at eight weeks old, but when I retested, and that doggy is still with me, when we retested a year later, the spot has not grown. Um, it's not a cataract. It's no. Physical it's not causing harm. Yes. Yeah. So we know now that that was just a once-off incident. So it could either have been after the puppy was born, something happened to the eye, or during the forming period. Because um, it's unfortunate, but in breeding dogs as well, um, the reason why there's more than one puppy in a litter is to ensure the survival of the oh, breed. Of the breed. So sometimes right. you can get in a litter a doggy that is not that good or that you can see is a little bit back or whatever the case is. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I've not been in a position where I've had to deal at this point in time with genetic mm. issues. And for that, I'm particularly blessed mm. at this point in, in time. And, so you know, that's the difference between a reputable breeder and, mm. and a puppy mill breeder. You open the papers every day. Absolutely. And there's these puppies. I want to, you know, a lot of people argue and they say it's about the cost. It's about the price. Yeah. Because you will see these backyard breeders putting mm. out a beautiful Rottweiler or whatever mm. for two and a half thousand. Yeah. Where no checks have been done. As Absolutely. you say, you can meet them at the corner shop and collect yeah. your puppy. They don't care where the dog's going. Yeah. Isn't, that is the difference, isn't it? That quality yeah, because, that you're looking for from a reputable breeder. Yeah, because Sharon, at the end of the day, when we import dogs, trust mm. me, we pay it's an costly. arm and a leg. Yes. Um, just to give an indication to some of the listeners, you know, sometimes bringing in a doggy can cost uh, the purchase price of some of these doggies are five, six thousand US dollars to start mm. off with. Wow. And then it costs you about another ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand to get them here. Mm. And then you only sit with one doggy, and then you've got to go and find the female. And now you, and maybe if you're lucky, two years later you're going to have a litter of. One puppy, two puppies, three yes. puppies, four puppies. So you're not in it for the profit. No. I mean, there's you shouldn't no profit be in it there. for the, the profit if you're a serious breeder. Mm. You should be in it no, for the passion. No, you should passion. be in it for the, for the breed. Because this is the problem. We had uh, Smarachta Lowen from Ban Animal Trading. They're working hard to try mm. and stop the sale of puppies in pet stores. Yeah. But still they continue. These guys must be doing a lot of damage. Absolutely. And mm. to the image of, of responsible yes. breeders as well. And the problem is what a lot of people don't understand is we do need... Need responsible breeders because yes. if it's not for them, the breeds will not go forward. No, we won't on a systematic um, basis be able to eliminate certain diseases from certain breeds. We won't get rid of them all. It's it's illogical to think mm. that even in humans, yeah, sure. it doesn't matter how we breed as humans, we will never. It's part of the gene makeup. Yes, but at the end of the day, we don't want that heavy prevalence of certain disorders where we know ten puppies in this litter is going to have hip dysplasia, mm. or ten mm. ten puppies in or the whole litter is going to have eye. We shouldn't be having yes. that. And if you spend so much money on importing dogs, you start looking. At the health factors behind those oh, Absolutely, because it's your investment You absolutely. need to know And a responsible breeder will be responsible For that puppy till the day it dies In my contract I have a contract with every puppy that goes out In that contract it states I'm responsible for that puppy Till the day that puppy dies That puppy can't choose where it wants to go It can't choose I'm wanting tomorrow to go off to Sharon and stay with Sharon for the next 20 or to Damon Calvary. Mm. My job to make sure for 20 years that this puppy is going to be happy. So if you can't look after it, that puppy comes back to me. doesn't matter That's the situation great. because yes. people's situation So it doesn't change. have to go into a shelter or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yes. 
And then that will make me responsible. Because now all of a sudden, if I know that that puppy is coming back to me, I'll make sure about the health. I'll make sure that this puppy is well-natured, well-nurtured, so that this owner is not going to bring back a problem so that I should be taking care of it. For the next 20 and years. Francois, do you insist, if I have to adopt a dog from you now as a pet, yeah. do you insist that I spay or neuter? Absolutely, you I do. do. It's within the contract um, that that should happen because that is part of responsible breeding. Sure. We don't want any of our doggies ending up at the SPCA. And what people don't realize is that responsible breeders are responsible for a reason. The breeder before them has been responsible. We spend thousands of rands or dollars into raising and breeding top quality dogs. The breeder before me has done that. Mm-hmm. The breeder for the last hundred years before me have all done that. So it will be an insult to all these breeders before me if I were just to let their genetic yes. gene pool run off and they go and they mated you. Yes, because you don't want somebody else to but go how, and how are you following up that those people are getting the dogs neutered? Well, often I do find them, they, they come back to me and I make sure that I get the, the um, neutering certificate. Oh, and what okay. is nice here in South Africa, if they're in breach of contract, we can sue them and take them to court. Mm-hmm. Um, there's numerous cases that has been one recently of people, and you get puppy farmers. Some puppy farmers would uh, phone me under pretense trying to get some of my dogs because if you go and look at my show dogs, they are truly astounding. They, they, they look that good because they've been bred that mm, well. Mm. Now, what they try and do is they always try and get the best dogs, and then they try and sell off. Let's say if I'm a reputable breeder as Keystone, they try and sell on the reputation of Keystone. Oh, that's a Keystone dog or yes. a Keystone puppy because they look a certain way. We breed them for a certain way. So they would try and get this, and like one lady phoned me. She said to me, listen, I've got a beautiful little doggy. She's not registered. I got her somewhere here in the Karoo somewhere, you know, but you've got the most beautiful boy called Zeus on your website. And I see he's been the most winning miniature schnauzer, highest ranked miniature schnauzer for the last 20 years of local and impre. Hmm. I mean, he's gorgeous. Can I use him, please? Oh. I said, why? She said, well, I want to improve the breed. What do you think? <laughs> I said, no, well, I don't understand this one. She said, yeah, I mean, I know my girl is not really hot, you know, but if I use... <laughs> If I use Zeus, then I'll, I will be adding to the advancement of the brief. No, you're not. No. I said, well, let me understand it correctly. If you get a Lesotho pony from somewhere here in the backyard of some individual without any pedigree, without any breeding behind it, and you rush off to Harry Oppenheimer and you ask him if you can use his $20 million stud to mm. improve the Lesotho mm. pony, what do you think Harry Oppenheimer is going to say to you? Because you're not mm-hmm. doing any mm-hmm. of the two. And all that will happen is if that mixed horse then picks up a problem, they'll say, no, 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 it comes off from, from this $20 million yes. stud. So you don't improve something by pulling something else down. No, exactly. It's all for the improvement of, of the, the breed. breed. Yeah. And you see, when you get a dog from a reputable breeder, and it's so difficult to define that, you say reputable, yeah. because we've, we've got an article in the latest Canine Zone about CUSA. Absolutely. Kennel Union of South Africa. Now, a lot of these backyard breeders use that, and they say, but our dogs are CUSA registered. It means But zero. it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's like this one lady phones me, and she's been breeding Jack Russells for many years, and but now she wants to breed miniature schnauzers, you see. I say, so why do you want to breed miniature schnauzers? No, she's tired of Jack Russells, you know. She needs mm. a new um, 
Something in midlife crisis. Yeah, that's a, yeah. So I said to her, um, well, since you've got, how good was your Jack Russells? Did you show them? No, but they were the most beautiful Jack Russells in the country. I said, so how do you know that? She said, they were all Kuza registered. Oh, you see. I said, listen, lady, you don't understand. I have a South African ID. And I'm not Mr. South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So the moral of the story is the fact that I've got an ID doesn't mean doesn't make I'm you well bred. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Doesn't make mean you I'm well natured. Sure. Doesn't mean I'm Mr. Handsome. Sure. And it's very easy and to it, become a Kuza member. And it doesn't mean that my parents knew how to raise me either. No. So the moral of the story is that does not point to a good breeder whatsoever. So what does point to it? If you are now in the market, you want to go and get a little schnauzer. The average person, what should you do? How should you do your research? Where do you find the right people? What are you looking for that will red flag and say, hold on, this is not a reputable breeder? Well, first of all, if you look at what type of dogs they breed, that will quickly tell you whether uh, this is the beginning of a reputable breeder. So firstly, breeder. not in a pet store, not yes. advertised and in junk reputation. mail. Uh, you know, I also have a bit of a problem in not advertising in the junk mail because it's all about perception. You can travel with a cow on the back of your van and that is not um, animal abuse. Mm-hmm. But the minute you put a doggy on the back of a van, that's animal abuse in mm-hmm. some people's mind. Right. So it's not balanced. A lot of people go to the junk mail. Why? Because they're looking for a doggy. Does that make them a good uh, dog owner or a bad owner? doesn't. Mm. The moral of the story is people go to the junk mail. Why? Because they know that there are dogs advertised in there. Yes. And now we stop the good breeders from advertising in the junk mail. Why? Absolutely, because you don't want to be in that class. Because it sounds bad. Yes. But shouldn't, be a, shouldn't a good breeder be where people go? Mm. It's true. So, That's true. So we've actually robbed the people that, that are looking for a puppy. And, uh, and quite frankly, all the puppy mills advertise in the good magazines too. Yes. So, yes. Shouldn't, so what you're yeah. saying then is a good breeder shouldn't be advertising there either. We so try our very best. We don't have the staff to go out and yeah. check. Yeah. But we have a, a couple of good breeders in our magazine, but we had one no names mentioned. Yeah. Uh, she placed an ad in every single issue of Canine Zone, and then one of our readers went to her for a puppy, yeah. gave me a call and said this is a puppy mole. She's not only breeding this type of dog she's also breeding several other breeds at the same time in a puppy farm situation so it's difficult for us too to to differentiate unless you go there and look and see because they they, they're doing so much damage they really really are absolutely but it it all comes back to balance at the end of the day Mm. so good breeders should actually be advertising themselves in every single mode where somebody is looking for for a puppy in all honesty because otherwise we're stopping wonderful homes from getting a wonderful pup. Uh, but Francois, wouldn't it be great if there was an association? Maybe there is something planned mm. or that actually did vet breeders, that you could go to the, I don't know, the Dog Breeders Association. But that's where clubs are very good. Clubs are very club, good, for correct. Instance, or and they also have rescue divisions. Absolutely. Mm. And at the end of the day, getting a good rescue from some of these clubs is sometimes far easier than getting a puppy because yes. some people don't have the time in raising a puppy. They don't have the understanding of yes, raising a puppy. Yes, an older dog is actually better. Yeah. Mm. So that that is where the clubs come in. And if you have a good reputation, 
Your club should be able to speak for you. Your yes. doggies should be able to speak. And there is a Schnauzer rescue. Absolutely. I think there's, there's a yeah. few, aren't there, yeah. in Cape Town, Durban? And, and there's a, a quite a nice um, group now on, on Facebook as well called Schnauzer Friends Dash South Africa. Yes. And we go for um, every first uh, Sunday of the month, we go for a walk at Delta Park in Rudderpoort. And then we have like oh, 70 wonderful. to 100 yes, um, schnauzers, schnauzers running off. And you must see the pictures on that website mm. and the comments on that web uh, Facebook page. It's actually quite awesome. But Coming back to making a good breeder. Sorry, Sharon, yes. for interrupting you. Um, first of all, a, a dedicated breeder will hardly ever have more than one breed. The red okay. flags should be flagging. If there's a second breed Because it takes so much time It takes so much commitment You have to have more dogs than what you ideally would like In order to breed and perpetuate doesn't matter what people say Because you can import only so many dogs And then you're in a corner If I want to mate for instance that doggy Where am I going to get a female for him Now I'll start looking outside again Yes. So eventually you sit with more dogs Ideally than what you would like Because of the breed demanding that but the red flags should be flagging if there's more than one breed on the property. Okay. And only if a breed maybe has a second breed after a number of years, then that will be a good thing. Yes. And the problem is, I mean, I've got a whole list here in front of me that I've just quickly jotted down of about 23 points that makes a good breeder. But a lot of these things, some of the puppy mills also do. Yes. Like a good breeder will always try and import to, to breed better. But puppy mills also go, for instance, to Europe and they go and they Do they really? Do they yeah, spend they, money? Well, I suppose it's a business for them. It depends how big they breed. Then they would import a dog from some obscure kennel in Europe, which you've mm. never heard or seen. And you look at the dogs and you say, why did they ever actually thought of importing? But it's for that reputation. And some puppy farmers um, use religion, you know, on their websites. If you open it, um, God religion. said to me, yeah, they use religion. God said to me, I must breed or, you oh, know, my word. Uh, <gasps> sure. and if you use religion to sell a wonderful product, yes. you should think twice. Mm. And there's so many scams in, in, in breeding puppies. I get it all the time. And the more expensive the breed is, the more scams you get. Mm, so right. that unfortunately um, is, is is quite something. What I can do with this list that I've jotted down, I can always forward it to you guys. In fact, and yes, you, I you think if you can give it to 20, me, 23 I, can, points. I yeah. would actually publish it in the next issue of the magazine. Because yeah. I think people need to know. People are, and I think they are very hoodwinked in, in many cases. Because again, you go to a puppy, a pet store, and he has this cute little thingy. Yeah. You go and adopt it. It's Emotional. You're not thinking Absolutely. with your head. Absolutely. You're thinking with your heart. So you take it home, yeah. and and you, you know, you don't know what you're getting. You really don't. And do you find, Francois, that people who would pay a, a, a higher cost for yeah. a, a really good dog mm -hmm. would look after them better? Um, yes, I do believe that that to some extent is true. But you would also find that in giving a dog away, it can have a spectacular life. No, sure. I mean, I've had one lady, um, she got a little schnauzer from me right in the beginning um, that I got, and she couldn't afford a schnauzer, so she contacted me and said, listen, Franz, I can't afford a schnauzer, I really cannot. But do you know that this schnauzer, her name is uh, Mamala, Mamala's got a, a weekend suitcase. <laughs> She's got a holiday suitcase. Yes. She's got a, a, a little bucket and spade when she goes off to the beach and everything oh, like that. Oh, bless it. So it's never really about the money, but about the attitude. And I'm sure you 
can pick that up now after well, all these we, years we, of we experience. To. I mean, unfortunately, we can only deal up to a certain point. I mean, I can't give a person a thousand mm. questions. You mm. know, it just doesn't make sense. But in the end of the day, you should really try and discern if these people are going to be well suited to animals and if an animal is going to be well suited to them. There's many people finding me saying, listen, I want a doggy from you. You're the best breeder in the country. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad you think so, but you're not getting a puppy from me. <laughs> Why? Because of this and that and one yes. or the other. You're never at home. It's never like this. It doesn't mean I'm bad towards them. It no, means you, I'm making the right decision for both parties. Yes. Mm. Do you find many get put back up for adoption? That are um, abandoned into ever, shelters or SPCs? Hardly ever. In the time period that I've been breeding, I've been extremely fortunate that um, only two doggies came back to me. Actually, three, coming to think of that now. The one was a nine-week-old puppy um, that came back to me from um, owners from Poch of Strum. And I felt so terrible for this woman. She was hysterical when she phoned me because after a week um, of getting this puppy, uh, big dogs didn't want to accept this puppy, oh, and it kept right. on wanting to kill this puppy. And, and I mean, um, they were the most wonderful dog owners, but their dogs couldn't accept this puppy. I mean, she was crying. She so didn't even want her money back. Okay, she was so crying. it's for the dog's she safety. She was hysterical. Needless to say, I did give her her money back. And then a family immigrated to Singapore, and being some of the most expensive property in the whole world, they could not afford a property with a garden where they could keep the two doggies. So the two doggies came back to me and I rehomed them and they got a wonderful mm. home. And those owners now migrated back to South Africa and I'm going to give them to oh, other doggies. Mm. So it's a happy ending. Eh? Absolutely. You see, Everybody, so the whole thing yeah. actually fits together. If you buy from a reputable breeder, you're yeah. going to get a better type of owner. Absolutely. So you're not going to have these dogs well ending raised. up at the SPCA. Well raised. And yeah. I don't just fling a dog in their direction and off mm. I go. I spend time with them. I try and spend two, three hours when I go and take a puppy to a new environment. I sit there under the trees and I play with a puppy and I make sure that that owner, I explain to them how this doggy should be house trained. I explain to them what I've done to ensure that yes. you get so this puppy. So you give them that education as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, because my puppy, these puppies are basically house trained at nine weeks already. Good heavens. Keeping in mind that a doggy can only be That's house early. trained. By nine months of age, mm. only then will it have full control over its bladder and bowel. And trust me, if you're going to close the door on them and they have to go, it's like humans. If we have to go, it doesn't yes. matter whether the door is closed no, or open. No, exactly. They're going to go. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> For sure. But, Damon, just bringing you back, when your dog goes away to sex camp and comes back and then has puppies, isn't, doesn't that make you a breeder? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I don't see it from that point of view. Because uh, Francois is the is the specialist. He knows what he's doing. We just lend Mika to him. He's a co-breeder. So he's a co <laughs> <That's laughs> <a> co-breeder. <laughs> but then what happens? I mean, these puppies get born in your home. No, 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 no. Oh, no so no. you have nothing to no. do with it. She uh, goes. Mika goes away for two and a half, maybe. Oh, sometimes. so ah. she doesn't just go away to get pregnant. No, she goes to Francois for to she sex goes, camp yeah. for two, sometimes three weeks, depending. Goes back. Then she comes back, and then when she's about seven and a half. Months oh, so she spends her pregnancy Seven and a half weeks you. pregnant um, I don't want to take any chances I don't want to In case there's like a premature labor Yes <laughs> She goes back to Francois to give birth And then she stays with her to with her puppies And don't you miss her? Now. That's I'm, a long time We yeah. miss her terribly But you know It's for the good of the breed She's mm. such a special dog mm. But I must say we are, this is, I think this will be This will be her fourth uh, litter And this is going to be We're stopping it now 
Because okay. we, you know, in total it's three months, three and a half months without her. Yes. And so this will be the last time. Because I would, time. I would miss, yeah. that's one that I would never become a breeder. No, but, I know. Be no, but it makes, no, but it makes us, we know that Mika is very happy at Francois. We know it's a nice environment. Yes. You know, dogs, we think that dogs are like humans. They, they're not. They don't get emotionally attached as like we think they do. And she, she, you know, she, she comes back and, you know, she's, she's happy. happy. Yeah. You know? But doesn't that affect you? For, I mean, I, well, as, I, as I said, I could never be a breeder because mm. I'd want to keep every single puppy. Yes. Don't you get attached to them and it's sad to let very, them very go? I do very, much so. And you'll see my dogs are particularly attached to me. Now, keeping in mind that in the beginning it was far more difficult for me than now. But I have great happiness in handing over a spectacular puppy. Mm. And to see the joy that that puppy brings other people mm. and to get those feedback. I have no children of my own. Oh, okay. So my dogs These are my are kids. These are your babies, my, your yeah, babies. I put my passion and my love and whatever I can, I put into them. So I've got none of that. And for me, it is so awesome because I remember when I had that first puppy in my arms, that feeling, you know, you just want to squeeze them and crack every mm, bone in their body. I know, you know. eat them up. Yeah, so cute. That feeling of kiss my teeth, my lips are coming, you know. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I really, really love my puppies. And I love seeing the happiness that my dogs can bring to other And do you people. keep in touch with I the people do, who buy but, your dogs? But a lot of people don't do that. And I'm not that... Mm, it's, I, I wouldn't say I'm not like that inclined, but with some people I do and with some I don't. Mm. But it's also some As long as you know the dog is happy. Is happy and Absolutely. Safe. But every, yes. and I mean, every puppy that I've bred as well, if people phone me and say, listen, Francois, I'm going on holiday in November, I'd say, okay, so when must I come and pick up the puppy? Oh, mm. I'm. Oh, so do you do that? They yeah, can bring and then the they puppy come and stay with the I'm a dog. I'm a schnauzer sitter. You can put it like that. But at the end of the day, why do I do that? Not only because I love what I've, I've bred, but I also want to see where my breeding is going. Mm. Because that gives me an idea with regard to temperament, with structure, with movement. You know, there's so much that goes involved in breeding a dog. Yes. Just taking yes. a dog, for instance, the head part of it. How long is it? How wide is the skull? Yes. Um, where does the eye sit? What color is the Because the, the breed eye? standards are Absolutely. set. Where does it sit? Does it sit to the front? Does it sit to the back? So on a head, there's about a 100 points that you have to take into account in mm. breeding a good head. What makes a well-bred schnauzer? So it would have been nice to show people on a video what really makes yes. a, a well I mean, just Sharon, while you're sitting over there, just have a quick guess. How long do you think this boy's head is in relation to his body? Take a About quick. a quarter. And you, Damon, what do you say? His head in relation to his body size. I'm thinking I would go half. Absolutely, you're spot on. Half. half. Watch this. So it's wow. a third. Then. No, no. In relation to oh, the body length. Oh, from the tip of the nose. Oh, okay. In rela- okay, I get okay. you. I get you. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's a good thing. Yeah, that's good because you will find a lesser breech now. So normally the heads are much shorter um, because of people don't worrying about the proportions and stuff like that. But the half of the head is also half the height of the body. Does it look mm. like that to you from wherever you're sitting? No, not from where I'm. That's why I thought it looked like a quarter. Mm, it's, yeah, he's perfect. See, it's very scientific. It's yeah. all very, so, very uh, an extremely well balanced schnauzer would look square when you look at it. And, and look how well she's be standing already. Here. You'll yes. have a forty-five degree line running through there. Everything works in half with a miniature schnauzer. So if you start analysing these proportions, and that demands then 
a well-bred schnauzer mm, because mm. those proportions have been adhered to, the way the dog moves, that type of hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would refer to this as a black and white, but that's a misnomer. It's actually a black and silver. So even this hair shouldn't be white. Yeah, because she has a bit of grey on her paws. On her paws. That's silver. 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 Sorry, silver. Yeah, that's Do you get silver. a lot of different you colors? You get salt and pepper. You get black. Yes. Mm-hmm. You get black and silver and... The white. new one is white, yeah. but oh. white hasn't been recognized in South Africa yet. Not yet, but South Africa is only one of about three countries in the world where white has not been um, officially included in the breed I've standard yet. I've never seen a white schnauzer. you got one, eh? I've got two, yeah. Oh, two. I, I do have two. Originally, when I started off, I also imported two white ones because they fascinated yes. me. Yes. And um, they, I don't focus on breeding them. I just enjoy Enjoy them for what they were. They they were offspring of world winners and stuff like that, which wow. is and they had spectacular pedigrees. So that well, was. That, you've got quite a genetic mutation there. I see yours is a bit green. <laughs> I think he's been marked for. Yeah, so she's she has this line of green. Is it yeah. what nail polish? <laughs> yeah, it's green nail polish. But in, terms of, but in terms of like behavior, like people that have visited us, they've all all commented that how well behaved our dogs are. Mm. And most of it is the way Francois brought them up. Yes. But I firmly believe as well, and maybe Francois, you can add this, mm. add in. The first year that I had the puppies, I take, took them to the park Absolutely. almost every single Socialized day. Socialize mm. That Very is important. so critically Very important. important. You know, growing up as a kid, our family never used to do that. And we couldn't understand why Bouvier's were so aggressive. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I only realized in latter years hadn't been that socialized. You need, yeah. you need to socialize important. your dogs, and we mm. never realized Likely that. Important. So, Francois, if we're getting to running out of time, you know, if people want to get hold of you, yeah. where can they find you? Do you have a website? I do. It's called www.miniatureschnauzers.co.za. That's in plural, miniatureschnauzers.co.za. Otherwise, just Google Keystone. Keystone Schnauzers. Oh, quite a well-known And you're based schnauzer. in Johannesburg? I'm based in If Mayerton. it's somebody over Mayerton. in Cape Town, Durban, can they still contact you? They do, because puppies, contrary to popular belief, can fly very well. If you've socialized them from an early age, yes. I start traveling with them from four weeks onward okay. going to buy milk. And I crate train normally by the time people get a puppy from me. They crate trained as well. Well, that's been very, yes. very interesting. Thank you, Francois Unfortunately, we've run Damon. out of time again. Yeah. Damon's also got a dash off. We're doing a photo shoot with him today. He's going to be in the next oh, yes. issue of Canines. Now, when is this issue going to be out? This is going to be for the April edition. Ah. So the February edition is out night. there right now. You're in the April edition. It's going to be so exciting to see Damon. Don't miss it. Yeah, all about his doggies. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks to our guest, Francois, Wonderful. and for Thanks Damon for, for joining us. Thanks, Jono. See you next week.